This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I am Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June 26th, episode 2212. Brought to you by Horselovers.com. Good morning, Horse World. Everybody up, rise and shine. It's a new day. It's Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Here we can go again. And away we go. On today's show, musician and Guinness World Records holder Scott Helmer tells the show all about his equine therapy fundraising concert tour. Justine from Heels Down Happy Hour joins in to compare horse costs for people from all over the world. Then Biz Stam comes on to talk about her recent accomplishment. And I'll just go on record right now and say that it's something I will never, ever, 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 She's crazy. She's crazy. She's totally crazy. And finally, Glenn shares a brand new studies show. But first, he starts off with an amazing story of a special pair of horses. So you don't want to miss any of it. It's going to be a packed show as always today, guys. And speaking of today, today is a day seemingly tailor-made for you, Glenn. Now, I don't know if you're a fan of pudding per se, but it is both National Chocolate Pudding Day and, and this is where I'll really draw you in, Tropical Cocktails Day. Yes. <laughs> Both things I love. Farm boy. Look, Glenn <laughs> prefers the fruitiest of fruity cocktails. So go have one on me, Glenn. <laughs> okay, I will. I will. So, uh, so yes, I love chocolate pudding. So this is you what I used Chad to do. and Chad must never drink together. <laughs> I mean, he'll be like, can I get like a Jack on the, you know, Jack and water? And you'll be like, can I get a pina colada with oh, like a special umbrella, umbrella and, and some sort of yes. like pineapple. Perfect. Frozen strawberry decks. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. When I was a kid, uh, when we were teenagers, my mom and dad, I don't know if your parents used to do this. They, it's probably too, you guys are probably too young, but they used to sell chocolate pudding in a can. It's like a gallon can. <laughs> and actually, it was really good. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Super gross. Do yeah. you? So, so we used to, we used to take the can of chocolate pudding. And my mom used to make the best chocolate cake. Well, I thought it was really good to take the chocolate cake that had chocolate icing on it and take the chocolate pudding and put it over that with chocolate ice cream. That was wonderful. I just threw up in my mouth. <laughs> Let's talk and about... And yet, I could see that being like an eight-year-old kid's dream. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, and then oh, you yeah, put Lucas the chocolate syrup it. on it. It's even better. It's perfect. So did let's... you hear that? That was me getting diabetes <laughs> from you talking. So let's talk about something that doesn't happen very often in the horse world. And then they go on to do something amazing. Yeah, this is unbelievable. <laughs> it's like, it just, it just doesn't seem real. So, you know, it's very rare a thing that a horse has twins uh, that both survive because what happens when you, get a mare pregnant is they check them actually for twins to make sure that there's not twins because the, the mare surviving twins and, or having both twins survive is, uh, usually 
very, very, very rare. Well, uh, there was a mayor that, and this is what we had to worry about with Pink because she's got a lot of uterine cysts. There was a mayor that got pregnant and a, a one of the embryos, she was scanned as non-full and then she was confirmed pregnant, but one of the embryos was hiding behind a cyst, which can happen. Uh, so you have to like, just make sure that 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 nobody has twins. Well, this mare had twins, and the owner of the mare, the 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 first first baby comes out, and then oh my god, there's another one, and she goes to pull the second one. She saved his life, and now both foals survived, and they're both ginormous gray. What is their breed, Glenn? Is it I like an Irish know. sport it horse? Looks like it's... Irish sport horse or something like some form of warm blood in there. I don't know, but they're huge gray horses. Huge gray horses. One is sixteen hands. One is sixteen two. They are virtually identical. I mean, it is amazing how similar these two horses Even look. The markings. The dapples, everything. <laughs> yeah, everything looks very... So, you know, you've got these two horses. Well, guess what? They're both awesome. They both went to what's called Rackham Horse Trials, and one finished uh, with a score of 28.8, and the other one scored with a score of 29. They both won a section of their horse trials this past weekend and they're twins and their scores were almost identical and they look almost identical. It's insane. They, they, the owner said, Sasha said she had Richardson says you have to put different colored boots on them so people can tell the difference between them. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I, I have two Bay thoroughbreds in the pasture that are completely not related. And I'm like, which one? Okay. When they're close, I can tell, but like, I'm like, I cannot imagine of having identical gray twins with like the same dapples and the same kind of like dark spots on the shoulder. It is, it is crazy. So congratulations to. Now the same rider rides them both. And I was reading a, a more, more stuff about this. And she said, they do have a little bit different attitude. She said, one is definitely snarkier than the other one. So really, just like you're, you have twins. I mean, you're not identical, but you know, you have different personalities. She said, they have a lot of similar characteristics. Yet one definitely has more of an attitude than the other. Um, I'm trying to think who my, I have a twin brother and, um, I'm probably, I don't know. He's pretty snarky. He's definitely. (laughs) And you're not. I, you think I'm bad. (laughs) (laughs) Multiply me by about 25 and then you've got my brother. (laughs) So yeah, it's so cool. And the picture of them is incredible. You can see it. Go to Horse and Hound. They have an article there on them and uh, they just are amazing, identical. There's one has a little snip on his nose and that's it. That's the only that difference. That is, yeah. That is it. That is it. <laughs> and they're both five years old. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's an amazing story. And to both be such, such successes at the same time. And uh, I guess their names are Ernie and Eric. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do uh, some daily winnies. <laughs> well, we have a birthday today. Ha, 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 ha. 
<laughs> I want to wish a happy birthday to Jill Black Eckes. It's her birthday today. Eckes. Happy birthday. And also, a congratulations out to Susanna Hahn and Eric Hahn. They're auditors of ours as well. Uh, you know how we talked about it? All, it seemed like all the auditors were getting pregnant at the same time. Well, they're all having their babies now. And <laughs> Susanna just had little Miss Eleanor June Hahn, born at 7.30, 7 pounds, 20 ounces, or 20 inches long. So congratulations to the two of them. Apparently everything is fine. They're all doing good. So congratulations. Wow. Congrats. Babies coming out everywhere. And then I also, we haven't mentioned her lately, Leslie, uh, who used to, who used to come on on Mondays, who <laughs> will be back. Um, she posted pictures of her baby recently and God, that baby's cute. That's a cute baby. So, well, she's super pretty. It's yeah. of course it's going to be cute. <laughs> Okay, so today's Wednesday. If you uh, didn't listen to Monday's show, this won't make much sense. But an auditor and listener of ours, Jacqueline Burke, came on because she bought a farm. She bought a new farm, and it's all set up and ready to go. And so we had a long talk about kind of how things are between what is my farm, which was there was, you know, a field and building everything versus one and some of the positives and negatives and all that stuff and what it's like to run a farm and be a girl out there getting it done. And (laughs) I was so proud of her. She was really killing it until she sent me this message. Jamie, day four on the farm. I needed like a dramatic reading music. (laughs) Day four on the farm. I crashed the gator into the ring while dragging the arena. And approximately three minutes later, I had not one, but two thoroughbreds jump out of their field to then go find each other. She (laughs) creamed the fence. I mean, it is down. The fence is down. So she wrote hashtag that girl and Jacqueline, this is for you. I don't want to be that girl. Um, I would also like to point out that in my house, this is those of all you auditors that are having kids that are horse girls. This is what Lucas says. And he still say he says it a little more often than he should. <laughs> um, mommy breaks stuff and daddy fixes. <laughs> Welcome to my world. You're all a part. Have you of ever it. run into anything with the tractor or the truck on the farm or? Oh, the I don't drive the tractor. <laughs> I have my little like Polaris, and I drag the arena, which doesn't have any fence around it uh, yet, for the most part. And um, so I, what I did is I had this big idea. I was like, I need to drag the round pin. There's like some, you know, like it gets like a track around it. So I'm, I'm gonna drag the round pin, but it only has a little fence. So I had to take, and it's all like ginormous metal, heavy, galvanized panels so i'm like i'll just take it apart and i took it apart on two and like opened one like a like an entryway door like separated two panels and then i opened an exit door and so i went in i spun around a couple times and exited came back in and out and uh yeah i couldn't get them back together (laughs) (laughs) like there is no chance I was able to get them back together. And so I kind of like put them close and then kind of I got the bottom panel like connected and all this. And there's like gaps at the top. And I don't know. It just sat like that. And Chad went out to mow the grass. And I, all of a sudden I see look over and he's like fixing the round pin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to ask anymore. He just knows I'm going to mess stuff up. He just fixes it. 
<laughs> Mommy breaks stuff. Daddy, and Daddy fixes, fixes it. it. <laughs> I was thinking about that. We had a big Oliver tractor. It was Oliver 770 for those that know. Uh, so it's a pretty good sized tractor. And I, we used to get it stuck in the mud a lot because we lived in Pennsylvania. It got really muddy. So we'd get it stuck in the mud. And then you'd have to get a really, really big truck to pull it out because it's a big tractor. But the worst thing they ever did was Jennifer's brother got it stuck between two trees. He tried to drive between two trees and wedged it in there so much that we had to cut a tree down to get the tractor out. Oh <laughs> so that was the worst that the tractor's ever been stuck. But I don't remember running into a building or even taking out any fence. We've had horses take out fences, but not... Not the tractor. I, you know, Chad's like, I'll teach you how to drive the tractor. And I'm like, no, I you, do not want to be do, responsible. You've driven stick shift though, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. My cars have always been stick, but I, it's not that. It's just, it's too big. I feel, I mean, I already feel like I'm going to tip over when he drives a golf cart. So I'm like, the, uh, it's too stressful. Could you reach the clutch? You're only 5'2". I don't know. If you <sighs> I'm sure that the seat moves up. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to be responsible. That's too big. And I can break too much. <laughs> I know my limits, Glenn. And it's not that I don't work hard and I'm not like, like, I'm not a total mess, but like I, with the, I, just leave me out of it. <laughs> just leave me out of it. And I, I, I don't mean to like say women can't do it because women are way better than men at most, but I, I know my limitations you know, I think and the, large the machinery. And I, level is a personal thing, not not uh it's not specific to, exactly no. it's not gender related <laughs> it's it's totally personal <laughs> and um like let me just give you guys yesterday this is it makes me sound terrible uh, i come from phoenix okay where it was like 115 degrees now we never rode if it was like above 98 but we would ride when it was in the 90s and yesterday it was 90 degrees just 90 degrees. That's it. So I rode Groot and then I rode Drax and I didn't ride them hard and they didn't get super sweaty or anything, but I got down and I was like, okay, I got one more to go. And I was like, Hmm, why is everything blurry? <laughs> that whole humidity thing makes a Did difference. Did you know 90 here is totally different than 90 in Arizona? <laughs> yeah. We live in Florida. We know. <laughs> I mean, so I, then I went on like, why was everything? So Chad's like, it feels like, you know, I was like, what did it feel like? What's that? You know, it feels like this. It feels like 96. And I'm like, so what? 96 is nothing. I should be fine. I'm fine. I'm like, woo. Why can't I see? <laughs> so Google, um, heat stroke and, um, blurred vision is one of the first things that you get. So I was unable to attend kickboxing last night and I am pretty much a wuss and I'm just getting my brain well, back it's together. 60% humidity. It makes a big difference where you had zero in Phoenix. So yeah, yeah, I I'm, I'm starting to learn. So Chad's like, we just need to learn our, our limitations and our parameters. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I got a study show for the two of you. I love doing this when Jemmy's on because she provides uh, some interesting answers sometimes. So study show uh, for new listeners, I go through Google and I just put in study show dot dot dot. And I look up the last month to see what well, basically the world has wasted money on that we already know the answers to. I have a I have a study show for you too. It's a horse related one, so okay. I can do it before or after. Okay, after. Why don't we save that one for last? Because that'd be the only horse related one I've got. So, <laughs> Jemmy, are you there? Are you ready? So, you guys have to guess. I'm going to give you the beginning of the the t headline, and you have to guess the end of the headline. This usually devolves into something very inappropriate when Jimmy and I are together. Yeah, just yeah, so, so you know. Yes, yeah, so if the kids are in the car. Just... Which is why Glenn does it on Wednesday morning. That's right. That's because Jennifer Because his wife is in it. here. No. So studies show that vintage shopping could be. 
See, like what Jennifer would say is, yeah, vintage (laughs) shopping could be a fantastic way to repurpose items. That's what Jennifer would say. Vintage shopping, (laughs) Jimmy and I, could mean, I don't know, you can buy a used bra for less. (laughs) A great way to spy on the older generation or is that really wrong to say i want to accept that the older generation is not buying vintage it's the young kids buying vintage now so actually studies show and jamie you were right on your first one jennifer was correct studies show vintage (laughs) shopping could be better for the environment now it's not even part of the game and she's winning So let's think about that. So we're not making new things. You're buying old things, and that's better for the environment. I don't think we needed a study. I think we could have guessed that one. Repurposing things is like recycling, and recycling is good for the environment. Thanks, genius. (laughs) Studies show owning plants can... Okay, I have a plant in my kitchen that Lucas gave me for my birthday, and it is the bane of my existence. I just, I can't, like, I can't kill it on purpose because he's like, there's a plant I gave you for your birthday, and I hate this plant. I hate watering things. I hate moving it around. I hate twisting it. I hate getting the sun. I hate houseplants. So I don't remember what the question was, but I hate it. But she's fired up. Uh, a good way to find out whether or not you're responsible enough to own other living things like pets or little humans. <laughs> well, apparently, Jamie, you're out. So... <laughs> I have all of those other things, and they're fine. <laughs> actually, what's, what's funny about that is I can't grow a plant to save my life. My mom went out of town and actually trusted me to watch her avocado plant. I can't believe that thing survived the whole week. Uh, let me just tell you about that. I was there when the avocado arrived, and <laughs> you were. That's right. That's right. Jimmy so looked at me and said. Why is she giving this to me? This is not going to be good. She is going to be so pissed when I kill this thing. And Jemmy obsessed over the avocado every day until her mother came back and picked it up. She obsessed over it. I knew. She I sang its songs. It if I she, she stroked it. <laughs> By the way, it says studies show owning plants can help mental health, unless you're Jamie, in which case that's it just true. sends you into a fit of depression. That's for anxiety. So, yeah, that's right. Same uh, for you, Jimmy. You're the one who was singing to an avocado tree. <laughs> <Yeah, okay>. Right. <laughs> By the way, guys, I am here. I'm proud of it when yeah. I, myself when I handed it back over. <laughs> I wasn't sure why she was growing an avocado avocado out of an avocado that didn't make any sense to me but anyway um by the way i am the one here with the green thumb i have a beautiful garden right outside my studio window so uh, there studies show cocktails i'm on to you (laughs) (laughs) that's true studies show the term smarty cat is like smelly cat smarty Smarty cat. cat Yeah. Smelly cat, smelly cat. It's not smelly cat, it's smarty cat. Like you're a smarty cat. I've never you guys know that term. No. No. I heard smarty pants. Okay, we're gonna skip that. Smarty pants and smelly cat. Mm -hmm. You're both too young to know that reference. (laughs) (laughs) Watching TV shows can affect Well, it depends Uh, on what you watch and what time. <laughs> oh, that's good, Jimmy. I was going to yeah. say your your sex life, depending on what you're watching. I mean, come on. Let's go. I think it affects both. <laughs> well, you're both partly correct. Um, watching TV shows can affect your mood. <laughs> Again, 
Oh. Duh. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> I'm watching a comedy. I laugh. I'm watching a murdery show. I'm depressed. So there you go. <laughs> murdery. Murder. If it's murdery, I'll get sad. <laughs> Studies show our sense of taste. Dot, dot, dot. Is, uh. Is, over time? Is ding, 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 ding. Jemmy got it. Uh, studies show our sense of taste changes. That's as right, we gr- Jen. I got one. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> studies show our sense of taste changes as we grow old. Yes. Uh, look at the clothing. So there you go. Yes. Yeah. But did, what does that say about your marriage, Glenn? How long you've been married? Mm-hmm. 30 years. Wait, Where is she now? Like, like fast sense and stuff? Or does it mean taste like your taste buds taste? I don't really read the articles, Jimmy. I just look at the headlines. Listen, Jimmy, I have never liked olives and I never will. Okay? (laughs) Same here, sister. (laughs) Although I didn't like cheese when I was growing up and I love cheese now, so I don't know. Olives are nasty little poisonous balls that infect everything they touch. You cannot pick an olive off a pizza, people. It just does not happen. olives on pizza? Mm Mm-hmm. Studies look at whether it's better to smash an empty or a full bottle, dot, dot, dot. And this is beer bottle, by the way. And by smash, do you mean drink? No, I mean smash. <laughs> it's, wait, what? With your hand? What is the, what a weird... I'm, thinking, I'm just going to read this one to you because it's so bizarre. <laughs> a study looks at whether it's better to smash an empty or a full beer bottle on someone's head. <laughs> so we actually studied that. Whether well, which one's better? I don't know. I don't read the these. Receiving end of that study. <laughs> I would think a full beer bottle is going to hurt. Well, I think either one of them is going to hurt, actually. <laughs> so I don't think they needed a study because either way, you're going to have a headache. Or that was really uh, stupid. Yeah, I tell you, I know. Studies show wasps are. <laughs> I think Mackay's latest project. What was that? <laughs> studies show that wasps are dot dot dot. Uh, wasps are like the worst thing ever. They're terrible. They. There's no purpose for a wasp. Jemmy? And I think that's exactly what the rest of the headlines... I'm going with exactly what Jamie said. (laughs) That was the purpose of the study. All of that. (laughs) No, that is incorrect. Studies show that wasps are smarter than we thought. Yeah, because they chase you down and sting you. Well, no one thought they were smart to begin with. So (laughs) the bar was set very low. You make a good point, Jemmy. (laughs) Okay, this one you're going to love. This one, this one you're going to love. Studies show it's better to be born... A girl. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just won the whole time. <laughs> you can't top that, and if you do... You're like, I don't know, gender bias. What is it? Studies show it's better to be born, think about this, rich than smart. Oh, well, well, yeah. But being a girl trumps all that. So, I would much rather be more smart than than rich. However, however, society definitely, unfortunately, values being rich. So maybe it should have been studies show it's it's better to be born female, rich, and smart. There you go. That's a perfect study right there. Science confirms Mm -hmm. that summer heat makes us... Uh, get blurred vision when you're trying to ride your horse <laughs> yeah, and get your work done. That's part of it. It makes you super Mel- grumpy. No, Mel- no. 
ding, ding, ding. Science confirms that summer heat makes us grumpy. And then, you know, you there, this is a stupid study because winter makes people grumpy. Pretty much rain makes people grumpy. Pretty much just everything makes people grumpy when it comes to weather. Is it sunny and 70? Then I'm pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday was a heat advisory down here. It was like 100 and something. It yes. was ridiculous. The yesterday. whole state of Florida so, was like yeah, 105 yesterday. So it's pretty hot. Awful. Yeah. So, yes, I agree. Summer heat makes you grumpy. Uh, and winter makes you grumpy and pretty much everything. And gives you swamp ass. Don't forget the swamp ass. Swamp ass. Yeah, that's what we have in Florida. Rose, uh, I don't want to hear about your stool bath. <laughs> nasty. All right, so this is a little different, and then we'll do the horsey one. So this study showed the most streamed shows on Netflix, and I just want to hear whether either one of you have watched these shows on Netflix. These are the most streamed shows. These are the most popular shows on Netflix, okay? So we'll see okay. whether either one of you has watched these. The Office. Yes, but not on Netflix. Yeah. I watched it when it happened. But not on Netflix. Yep, friends. Oh my God, Jamie, we shared a brain for half a second there. Oh my God, same <laughs> yeah. with friends. Yes, which same is where, which is where Smelly Cat comes from. Yeah, of yes. course. <laughs> I knew uh, you knew. <laughs> Friends, uh, yeah, we all watch that, but I don't, I don't, I watch it on Netflix. Um, Grey's Anatomy, not on Netflix. I watched it, but not on Netflix. No. Yeah. No. NCIS. No. Are we the only ones that, do you watch NCIS? I have never seen an no. episode of NCIS. Glenn, it's because you're under 72 years old. Yeah, but that okay. show has been around, done like 25 <laughs> seasons. I mean, it's. That's, it, and 25 years, these people started at 50 and now they're 75. <laughs> Criminal Minds. <laughs> no, that's not one I've done either. Criminal Minds. 75 years old. No, I think that's the one where the girl has like black hair and pigtails. That's NCIS. Is that the one? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's right. Oh, is it? Oh, yes. yeah. I've she just quit or something. There was a big controversy <laughs> about her quitting. Uh, Orange is the New Black. Yes, oh. yes, yes. Have watched every season of that and yes, usually yes, yes, binge yes, it. Yes. yes. And it, the, by the way, next season is coming out here box. next month, I think, Jimmy. So, uh, Shameless. <laughs> I have never. No. 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 Supernatural? No. 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 Parks and Rec? I think that my brother's a fan of that, but not me. I uh, watch no. every one of those, and I you love, love that show. Yeah. I love, love, love it. But I don't watch it on Netflix. I, I actually record it on, like, DirecTV. And I watch it all when it happened live, too. And and the next one, Jemmy and I have talked about, and I could not stick with it, and that's Ozark. We, we, oh, uh, God, I got through three. Three episodes? Three. Chad's like, come on! you gotta watch it it's the best show and i'm like it's too stressful <laughs> i just we i made it through maybe six or seven but i just got bored after a while i'm like did he just get melted by acid and put in a bucket oh like, yeah that was yeah me. that episode was a, <laughs> that was a little that was a little hard to take i don't of. need people finding fingers on the ground and trying to figure out <laughs> well, whose finger I, it is i also wouldn't recommend or um Breaking Bad to you, then, Jamie. You, you I, got two two. <laughs> oh. I got through two of those. For once, we agree on something. Chad, yeah. by the way, has watched all of these, like, twice. <laughs> but then you made it through, what was the one one that just ended? And I, I never watched Game of Thrones. You made it through Game of Thrones? There was tons of violence in that. It's not the violence. You know what I didn't like about Game of Thrones was the zombies. And so Chad would say, he'd be like, why aren't you watching? I'm like, it's too stressed. So I mean, anytime I got stressed out during Game of Thrones, he knew when I was stressed out because I would be holding my phone in front of my face, like surfing the, the internet. I don't know. <laughs> like Game of Thrones is costing you a lot of money because I go on Amazon on my phone. 
<laughs> Did you, Jimmy, tell her what your one of your favorite things in movies is? Don't say zombies. Yes, zombies. Oh, she just went to take the call. So yeah, zombies is it? Yeah, it's, it's well, one of her favorite. Things. There's no accounting for taste. All right, real quick, let's have the horse study, and then we'll we'll go on. Okay, you're going to be shocked by this. I want everybody to at home play along with this study show, and I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it to you, and like just blank out, and like all you people listening, you have to guess what it is. And this is a study. Dressage horses opt for. Opt for. Hmm. They opt for. Um, I have uh, uh, boring TV. Okay, well, that's not horse related at all. Hopefully, our <laughs> listeners did better at home. They opt for lower rain tension. They want you to let go of their face. Okay. Dressage horses don't want you to be in their face. This. Is can we a say that any horse probably doesn't revelation. want that? <laughs> yeah. Can we just extend Rain that? Rain tension was measured by 13 horses. All of that completed basic dressage training. And um, they compared the, the basic how much the horses liked Rain tension versus uh, the, the like they did like one kilogram and three kilograms and the other one. And by the way, all the horses liked the less rain tension and that the more you pull on their mouth, wait, are you ready for this? The more discomfort it causes. <laughs> no, really? Wait. Oh my God. I had no idea. That's <laughs> weird. We should, how much did they spend? In this study? I know. Well, if we added all the studies up today and they just gave us that, we'd be one of those that are rich and smart. Billionaires. Yes, exactly. Billionaires. <laughs> All right, horselovers.com. You want to be rich and smart? If you are rich and smart, head over to horselovers.com because right now, you know the Roma pad, saddle pads? Everybody yes. has owned a Roma saddle pad. If you've owned horses for any period of time, you've had a Roma saddle pad. Well, they have Roma pads on sale now up to 40% off. They have some of these Roma pads marked down to $12. So, I mean, they're practically giving them to As Jamie says, they're it's giving like them to you free. for free. Exactly. It's like they're free. And everybody has had, I think Jennifer has about 25 of the Roma baby pads that she puts underneath the other pads sometimes when they need a little extra padding and they're really thin. They're marked down to $11. So right now, if you head on over to horseloverswithaz.com, the Roma pads, uh, I am counting, well, there's two pages of them. All are marked down up to 40% off. I am seeing ones here at $26. The ones that are normally $75, the sheepskin ones, are marked down to $49. The high wither quilted pads, which all the dressage riders use, are $25. Speaking of dressage, the horses actually do like those. Um, and then they also have the close contact pads. They have every pr pretty much every Roma pad they have are and on sale right now. Speaking of free things, I got those $20 fly sheets that, that oh, yeah. EOUS they, was the brand. We talked about those like a couple weeks ago. It's amazing. And they have big, giant plastic clips that go on. It's like a belly band underneath it. Duke and Drax wear them all the time. And they're light and reflective. They haven't ripped, the other ones I've... ripped them to shreds yet? <laughs> no. They wow. just walk around. I mean, like, he wears it. Duke wears it 24 hours a day. He's super bug sensitive. And it covers his belly and everything. E-O-U-S. Yeah. Eows. I don't know how to say it, but I also got a main thinning kit, so I've got to get to work because my horses look homeless. <laughs> <laughs>
All of this, by the way, those those uh, free, they were $20. And the main thinning kit was like 12 I mean, it was just on super clearance. So uh, everything is, uh, if you're going to look, if you need something, go to horselovers.com first to check it out. Because most of the time it's on sale. Plus, and you can get, uh, be a part of the um, email blast list and you get, when all this stuff goes on sale, it's amazing. So check it out. Again, horselovers, horseloverswithaz.com. One of Jamie and I, since we started the show 10, 11 years ago now, 2,000 episodes ago, one of the things that we most love to do was our musical episodes where we talk to musicians, and we're going to have another one of those coming up right now. We're going we're gonna to spend a little bit of time with a guy who has done some amazing things, but let's hear about it. This is a trailer on his own website. He holds the Guinness World Records title for most live music performances in 24 hours, multiple cities. 12 concerts in 24 hours. His special fundraising concerts have helped raise over $2 million for good causes like veterans, first responders, equine-assisted therapy, and more. Now he's coming to your town. It's Scott Helmer's one-man rock and country music show. You'll hear Scott singing hits from artists like The Eagle, John Mellencamp, Tim McGraw, Bon Jovi, Gin Blossom, George Strait, Kid Rock, Brian Adam, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Oasis, and more. You'll hear all of your favorite Scott Helmer hits like Time to Say Goodbye, What Are You Waiting For, and Long Way Round. miss this incredible night of entertainment don't miss scott helmer's one-man rock and country music show go to scotthelmer.com now for tour dates and complete details scotthelmer.com scott good morning thanks for joining us today Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. I am excited. Boy, that was exciting. Yes, it was exciting. And who is the woman at the end? I'm talking about the Roma pads and rain tension. I'm oh. totally up to speed now. I can go on with my day. That's what you get when you sit on hold in this show. You learn something. You're welcome. It, so, was, it was good. And uh, I don't think people realize the knowledge they're going to get. I hope people tune in on a regular basis. That's good stuff. Yeah. So you can learn things here, Scott. So, Scott, uh, where are you at right now? <laughs> I am in beautiful Cheyenne, Wyoming, heading south into Denver later today. Ah, we just got back from Denver, uh, so I know exactly where you are. So, Scott, uh, there's so much to talk about with you, and I, I really don't know where to start, but I, I want to start with your Guinness record. What and why? <laughs> that's like, uh, you're glutton for yeah, punishment? Yeah, that's a good uh, question. <laughs> I just wanted to be able to walk into a Toys R Us and get the book and say, hey, I'm in that book right there and stand in the aisle all day. No, you know, I wanted to commemorate um, the work I had been doing over the last couple of years. In 2012, I kind of kicked off this using my music to help good causes, and we had hit the $2 million mark of money raised up until that point. And I wanted to do something special to commemorate it, to really put a cherry on top of that dollar amount and all the work that's been done all the people that had put in effort to raise that money and support all those causes. So I said, Hey, 
let's do a Guinness World Record. I'm a child of the 80s, and I remember getting that book at Christmas time and seeing the TV show, and I said, I want to be in there, and I want to use it to do even more good. So I said, uh, let's break a Guinness World Record for music, and let's tie it to charity. So we actually I did 12 concerts in 24 hours, did it across three different states, um, and we raised money for uh, a a dozen different causes during that time. So it, it checked all the boxes on what I wanted to accomplish. And, uh, it was really exciting. It was a lot of fun. And you didn't talk for a month after, uh, there was no voice left at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm still recovering from it now, but, uh, you know, the energy and the excitement and everything that was built up around it. I mean, to plan something like that, just the routing is like moving a, a circus across the country. So it took about seven, eight months to plan it and route it out and get everything ready. So by by the time that day came and the bell went off in San Diego, California for the first show, I was raring to go. You couldn't have carried your own equipment. I mean, we all have seen, I was at a concert at Red Rock Amphitheater while we were out in Denver. And, you know, those, they're 25 trucks and all this stuff. You must have had all the equipment set up, just plugged in your guitar and went. Rock and roll ain't easy, let me tell you. I had a great uh, support staff uh, of guys that uh, flew in from all around the country to help me out with this. They carried guitars and amplifiers and uh, refreshments and all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, I had a good team with me. And uh, all I had to do was walk in, sing a song, say goodbye, and walk out. It was pretty easy for me. It was tough for them, though. <laughs> so where did the – where did – you know, most rock and roll guys, the one thing they want to raise money for is themselves. Where did this uh, – <laughs> this charity thing come from? Where did that start with you? You know, I did music my whole life. I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago and uh, I lived and breathed music from as far back as I can remember. I did it up into my twenties and my grandfather, who was probably the most important person in my life. Um, he was a businessman, suit and tie guy, went into the big city every day to work. And I think subconsciously I saw that as like the definition of success. So when it was kind of time to like, okay, what am I going to do with my life? This music isn't really a, a real legitimate deal. I need to go into the business world. So I put music up on the shelf and uh, went into the, into the world of business and I became an insurance broker and did that for about a decade. And I prefaced this by saying it was all my fault. I screwed it up and it was my poor decision making and all the mistakes I made were me. I don't blame anybody else. But around the time when the economy was collapsed in 2008, I had just opened my own insurance brokerage and the economy started going down. I started losing clients and I went down the tubes fast. And it was at that time when I was just going down in flames and I was losing my business and everything was going uh, in, in a bad direction. I made a big mistake. I was at a crossroads, as I call it. And to try to salvage things, to try to right the ship, to try to keep everything going, I dipped into my trust account and used money that didn't belong to me to try to keep the lights on. And that's highly illegal, not only being wrong on a lot of different levels, but I made that choice and I, I thought I could get the money back in there and everything would be okay. And to say that I was wrong would be an understatement. The exact opposite happened and my whole world collapsed. I lost my family. I lost my business. I lost my self-respect. And I had a huge pile of legal problems to deal with. And it was at my lowest point um, after going through all that and losing everything and really just being left with myself in the mirror. I took a drive one morning and put a gun in my mouth. And I was on the side of the road in northern Arizona, which is where I lived, and uh, put a gun in my mouth. And I was about a second from pulling the trigger. 
Mm. And I had planned that for about a month. And uh, I said to myself, uh, I said uh, in my head, I said, you know, God, I don't want to do this. Not to get too spiritual with you guys, but um, I had a conversation, you know, at that point in time with the man upstairs. And I said, I don't want to do this. If you get me through this, I'll deal with all the consequences. I'll do whatever I have to do to, uh, to make it right. And I'm going to use this to do some good. I didn't know what that meant at the time. I had no idea uh, what I would do, but I said, I will promise that I will use this to do some good. And I put the gun down, drove back down to the Valley of the Sun, as they call it, and uh, dealt with all the mess. And after I got through that, I said, you know what, I'm going to go back to my first love, which is music, and I'm going to do what I love and use it to do some good. And I'm going to tell my story to as many people that will listen so they know that even if you do the worst thing possible for a kid like me growing up in the suburbs of Chicago, committing a crime was the worst thing I could ever do. So I always wanted people to know, and I want people to know listening right now and whoever hears me after this point, that even if you commit a crime, you can make a comeback, and it's not a reason to take your own life. You can get through it, and you can make a comeback. So so I have an interesting question for you then. Do you ever – so, <clears throat> by the way, and I think this is how a lot of people end up going and doing good work, right? They, they hit bottom, and they mm-hmm. go that direction. Do you ever feel like you've paid it back, no matter how much you do, or do you always feel like you have to do more? You know, that's a great question, and I don't even really think about it anymore. I know I'm on the right path. I, I call them gifts. I've been given so many gifts along the way of just new opportunities and new things to do with this mission that I have, of just using my music and my story to make a difference. So I don't really think about, uh, you know, the, the, the dollars and cents or if I paid it back yet. But I do have a lot of people that come up to me and said, I played a concert last year in Clarendon, Iowa for a veterans organization. Uh, incredible night, great event, good people. And a vet came up to me and said, man, I read your story. I just got to tell you that you've paid your debt, man. You know, you don't have to keep doing this. And uh, I want you to know from somebody who's been in your situation, you paid your debt. And I appreciate those words. But yeah, I, I really don't think of it that way. I just keep on going and I love what I'm doing. Working with a lot of the military veterans, I, I work with Monty Robertson, do some of the horse sense and healing, which is using the, the horses for therapy. Uh, you know, the, the story you told is is one that sounds very similar to a lot of veterans and, and first responders that have been through traumatic situations like yours. And you know, the one thing that helps them is the horses. And what I love is how you've tied horses and music together. So not only are you becoming a part of the horse community, you're, you're path certified and you're also doing music to help raise money for these organizations that are helping people. Uh, what's the horse connection with you? Well, the first thing I'll say, I'm not, a, I'm not path certified, but I am a member. I do support oh, path the members. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a great organization, and I definitely support them. For me, it was, I, you know, in the beginning, for four or five years when I was doing this, I did so many different kind of fundraisers, veterans, special need kids and adults, um, so many different organizations. And as I went on in the years, I said, I need one cause to focus on. I need to pick one cause that resonates the most with my story and my journey 
And equine therapy is the thing. I can see myself, I can see my story and so many of the people that I see that participate in those programs. So for me, it was a natural fit. I love horses. Um, and the, the one thing I say is hope is the key word. You know, there's so many different terms everybody uses, horse therapy, equine therapy, equine assisted therapy. At the end of the day, it means hope to me because I, as a guy who's talking to you today, I know what it's like not to have hope mm-hmm. and to have all hope be, be lost. And I can tell you hope is everything. And when I see a, a kid or an adult get on a horse or work with the horse, you see them light up, you see a transformation, regardless of what their story or their background is, it's instantaneous. And I guarantee you, everybody that's listening to me right now knows what I'm talking about. And they light up and they get hope. And I can tell you that when you have hope, you have everything. So equine therapy to me, horse therapy, whatever you want to call it, it gives people everything. It gives them hope. And not only the participants, but it gives hope to their families as well. Well, one of the things we like to do when we have musicians on is play some of their music. And I want to talk to you more about about your tour and where you're going and what you're doing. And also, you know, uh, we have a few questions that we always ask musicians. So we're going to I want to talk to you about that, too. But first, tell us about Long Way Round. Long Way Round. Oh, that's a good tune. I like that one. Um, That is a current signal that's out now. And uh, there was a show on Netflix. Ewan McGregor and his buddy Charlie Borman um, had a show called Long Way Round and Long Way Down. And it was about them getting on their motorcycles. Ewan McGregor, people probably know from Star Wars. That's probably his mm, biggest role. Right. Uh, he, he and his buddy just got on their motorcycle. I'm a motorcycle guy, so I'm an, into anything to do with motorcycles. So that was a Netflix series that was on that I caught. And uh, they got on their bikes and toured around the world. I mean, they went everywhere, corners of the world. You would never think a motorcycle could go. And a buddy of theirs, Kelly Jones, from a band called Stereophonics across the pond in the U.K., wrote that tune. It never got released. Um, It was only used in the show for a brief time. So I said, you know what? I love that song. I love what it represents. It's about being on the road and loving to be on the road, which I do. But it's also about coming home and wanting to come home from time to time. So uh, that's a cover tune that I re-recorded and released last year. It's out now. And uh, yeah, it's a great song. Well, let's take a listen to it. And I think a lot of the the horse people in the audience will relate to it, That especially the professional riders, because they're always on the road, too. And it's fun to come home. few times a year they get to do that but uh, hang in there and we'll be right back with after this remember me my love I'm the one you're dreaming of I'm going for a ride I keep you warm inside I'm Coming back 
I know, I know. We're speaking with Scott Helmer, who uh, sang that song you just heard, Long Way Round. You can find all of his music at scotthelmer.com. Scott, so you you did this tour, in, in, and it was supposed to end the end of last year, right? But you're continuing, or it's supposed to end the end of this year, but now you're running it through 2020. Did you have that many requests? Yeah, it's, we just had so much uh, positive response and so many people said, hey, you know, we need a couple more months to be able to plan our event. Can you throw us into next year? And then I just said, sure, let's just extend it. Let's keep it going. And what do you do? You go, actually go to the therapy centers and do the concert right there? Yeah, I'm a firm believer if you want to make a difference, you really want to help and make a change, you kind of have to do something nobody else is doing. So this has been my dream, what I'm doing right now um, for a long, long time. I have a stage, lights, and sound. I have basically a whole one-man production that rolls around the country, and it was designed specifically to be able to go to equine therapy locations, rodeo arenas, horse properties, ranches set a stage, set a rock concert up right at their property and allow them to show off their venue and their work to the community, invite everybody down, have some food and drink and some music and a good time and uh, help them raise a little bit of money. So it's a traveling road show that can really go anywhere and everywhere. You know, I love this, that you're one, that you're thinking outside the box, too, because it's so tough to be a musician today. We've had a lot of musicians on who are talking about all the different ways the things they're doing just to get the word out that they're there, that their songs are there, that you, you'll like us if you find us. And I just love the fact that you're doing something a little different and it's for a good cause too. Yeah. I hope everybody hears about what I'm doing. I always say this and go and, and does it and does it bigger and better than I'm doing. Uh, because you said it, you hit the nail on the head. You have to be unique and you have to do things that have never been done before. If you want to make a living in the music business and you really, and you know, love it and want to continue to do it, you do have to think outside the box and just go for it. So Jimmy and I, uh, on one of our adventures last month, did the RV thing. Are you doing an RV? Is that how you're getting around? Yes, I'm a fellow RVer, just like you folks. It's good. It's exciting, isn't it? As I as we speak, I am in a rest stop in Cheyenne, Wyoming. As I said, I've got the uh, the bus pulling the trailer with the stage and all that good stuff. It's as you know, and anybody that's been on the road, it's all about diesel fuel. <laughs> Yes, and how expensive it is. <laughs> no, yeah, man, my with life diesel, you're like... is just looking yeah. for. Yeah, yeah I was just gonna say, I'm, my whole day is pretty much looking for fresh water and diesel fuel, and in between, once in a while, I play guitar and sing some songs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to tell you, I was looking at your website, and uh, when you were, there's a picture of you in 2006 in your suit and tie, and then there's like some pictures of you today. 
do who do people say you look like right now? Who I, I oh I don't know. I good and bad. I've heard Michael <laughs> Douglas before in the old in the old suit and tie days. Why? In the suit and tie days, you look like Michael Douglas. And in the current days, you look like Keith Urban. Hello, Keith. I'm you're you're way too hot to be behind a desk. I want I want to be a guest on your guys' show once a week. Can we schedule this on a regular basis? I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. Ladies, are you single now? Let's get to the important details. I am. I knew it was going to turn to this. I, was, I knew it was going to go downhill from here. Yes. You're, you're welcome. I am. Ladies, he's in your town. He's on his way and he's single and he looks like Keith Urban. So there you go. There's the reason to go support the show. Oh, by the way, he like does lots, oh, lots of great too. stuff for yeah, charity he and he sings and plays guitar, whatever. You know, you know, Photoshop, you're really setting it up for a letdown when they come see the live show. They're going to be like, what was she talking about? Oh gosh. Don't be, don't be like that. Well, listen, what you're doing is awesome. And, we are very proud to have you on our show and, and I love what you're doing. I love that you're helping horses and horse people and, and just people that are in need, uh, through the equine assisted therapy. It's something that I think is really, really important. And, uh, I think what you're doing is, is great. And I'm looking at your tour dates and my God, you, yeah, you, you need, you need to probably work on looking at a map before you book things. Maybe get maybe get a couple closer it's together. Like, <laughs> it, it's like it's like moving a military operation across the country. It's uh, but I got to tell you, I, I appreciate your kind words very much. It means a lot, and it goes to the core. And uh, I love what I'm doing. So I would travel cross country uh, back and forth ten times over to do this. I'm blessed, and I'm getting to do what I love and giving back at the same time. So I, I truly love it. Is it the best place to go to find the tour dates? ScottHelmer.com. ScottHelmer.com, click tour, and you will be connected. And for any uh, equine therapy organizations that want to fundraise with the tour, if there's some room this year to throw them in or they want to be on the docket next year, they go to ScottHelmer.com, click fundraise, and they'll get all the details. I was reading some of the comments, too, on your website, and the places that you've been, people love having you there. They're, the the places that you've gone are out promoting your, your next uh, stops and seem to have loved the whole thing. So so good job. We're going to play a song out for, uh, that you did called What Are You Waiting For? And there's a video, everybody, on YouTube. Uh, look up Scott Helmer and What Are You Waiting For? I have one question though, before we let you go, is who is the guy in the shower? Is that your dad? Please tell me it's your dad. That is not my dad. That's a, <laughs> I mean, isn't that great? You know, the power, the power <laughs> of the internet is amazing to find characters to participate in projects, and he was one of them. He actually uh, is a guy I got connected with uh, oh, years ago, and he said, if you ever do a music video and you need me to shoot some footage for you, I can do something very funny for a funny video. And there you go. That's the guy. <laughs> yeah, you have to see this video. It's worth it. Uh, the music is good, but the video with the guy in the shower is excellent. <laughs> He's just great. So, My so. favorite is the gentleman on the beach in Jamaica that's singing the song yes. without the audio. You got to make sure you roll the video till the end and let him do his acapella version oh, of the song. Uh, that was a classic. Where'd you find him? 
I can't disclose the, the locations <laughs> of these people because they'll be just swamped. But just know it's a, it's a, it was a special moment in time. We captured it. It's on film. Enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Okay. <laughs> well, you made me feel better that he actually does live in Jamaica and it wasn't like California, you know, Los Angeles. It made me oh, feel better. Oh, that wasn't, no, that wasn't green screen. He's the legit deal. Absolutely. Okay, good. It makes me feel much better. Thanks, Scott. Good luck on your tour. Have fun. Thanks, Scott. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Well, all right. Okay. Let that one go. This time it didn't work out, but that's how life sometimes rolls. But don't give up. She'll never leave your mind. Go out and get that girl. Make up for lost time. What you need to say, leave fear in the past. You know, you never know, today could be your last. These are the moments of your life, the ones you don't get back and then never knock twice. Look up in the eye and pray you get one more. The only question for you now, what are you waiting for? They say every day's a gift while I'm borrowed time. Say what you need to say, leave fear in the past. You know you never know, today could be your last. These are the moments of your life, the ones you don't get back and then never know. know that they can count on Ovation's value, quality, and style when it comes to hard-wearing schooling attire, affordable show gear for horse and rider, or top-of-the-line equipment for riders at every level. From breeches to bridle work, saddles to stock ties, helmets to half-chaps, 
Ovation is the premier brand of riding apparel and equipment for you and your horse in the United States, outfitting riders at every level from head to toe. Ask for Ovation brand riding helmets, breeches, and footwear at your local tax store, or go online to OvationRiding.com and see the fantastic variety of quality, fashion-forward, affordable products from Ovation. OvationRiding.com All right, we're back. Thank you so much for hanging with us today. We have a couple more guests to go. Uh, I had to leave that uh, music video play to the very end to, to hear what he was talking <laughs> about. <laughs> it is it is a funny video. So go check it out. Uh, as we said, it's scotthelmer.com. That was a long time in getting that planned because he's so busy, but uh, we appreciate him joining us today. I mean, you know what? We, we do these musical episodes. They're always so fun because like, we had Dan Roberts who was sitting on a horse <laughs> Uh, rounding up cattle. cattle. You can, can hear, hear them the cows mooing in the back. This guy is on the road. He st- pulls over to a rest stop to be able to talk to us, like in Wyoming, in the middle of nowhere. Uh, just fantastic. Well, we can tease this uh, because it is confirmed that Jared Rogerson has a new album coming out. We're going to do a whole other episode with him, aren't we, here soon? Yes, we are. Of course, musical episodes are always really fun. And he lives in the middle of absolutely nowhere, Wyoming. So he's going to have to drive to town to be able to have cell phone coverage. (laughs) (laughs) He does live in the middle of nowhere. All right. I think we have, I think, or am I right? Do we have Justine with us? Uh, No, we do not. Let me try again. Justine from Heels Down Happy Hour. I thought I had her, but... uh... Oh, is this your job? Yeah, you that's one my job, job Glenn. I, I called her, but I'm not sure she's there. She actually has a real job, Justine. She works at a newspaper as a big-time reporter in Tampa. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, she, so yeah, she actually does have a real busy. job. <laughs> so, Justine, are you there? I'm here. How are you? Good. Are you in the car? It sounds like you're in the car. I am in the car. I hope that's okay. That's fine. I just was telling everybody that you actually, in addition to being host over at Heels Down Happy Hour, uh, you are you actually have a real job. So, uh, you know, we're kind of disturbing that right now. Oh, did we lose her? There she's back. Are you oh, back? I'm here. I'm here. Okay. okay yeah. Good. So- I should have good service. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. So, Justine, what's going on over at Heels Down Magazine and Heels Down Happy Hour? Oh, boy, we've been busy. Um, but we hope that you you guys are a subscriber to our email newsletter, which is the Heels Down Brief. Uh, this week, we've been sharing costs of horses. So what people spend on board, what they spend on hay, what they spend on the farrier every month, just to get an idea of how much crazy amounts of money we spend on our horses, but also how prices differ and compare in different parts of the world and different parts of the U.S. I am moving to New Zealand. Right? It's so cheap there. (laughs) (laughs) Do do you have the New Zealand numbers there, Jamie? I do. Uh, $92 a month for board. What? (laughs) It's crazy. They live on top of a mountain in the middle of nowhere? What? $4 a bale per bale for hay. I thought that was crazy. That is crazy. That is just not fair. I mean, and they're probably like hundred pound bills, you know, just ridiculous. $92 a month for board, $32 a riding lesson. Her last horse show cost her $52. Her farrier bill is $32 and $4 for a price of hay for a bale of hay. However, keep in mind, somebody else posted that it is like $8 to $10 for a gallon of gas. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> that is true. So, so you're only going to pay. Yeah. 
you're going to pay $52 to enter the show and, and 3000 to get there. To get there. <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time you two paid $52 to enter a show of any kind? Uh, oh, my goodness. Never. I went to a horse show. It was called Rolling Hills Saddle Club in uh, Alpharetta, Georgia, and I was seven. And I was in six classes. No. <laughs> I think, I was, yeah, last time at horse show was $52. I was seven. <laughs> you I know- think the cheapest horse show I've ever been to, even when I won prize money, was, you know, at least four times that. Where, Where do you, do you win, win prize, prize money? money? <laughs> <laughs> like a small, you know, like a little mini pre jumper class, you know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, again, I already know I'm in the wrong sport, so it's fine that, you know, <laughs> I, there's a little girl, my hay guy, he cuts our, cuts our hay and he came over and he's like looking at the field and he brought his daughter with him. And, and, uh, I'm like, Oh, do you ride? She's like, yeah. Oh yeah. What, what type of riding do you do? I'm in Oklahoma. She's a young girl. What do you think she does? Barrel, barrel racing. racing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, where do you barrel race? Oh, I just go down to the the uh, Noble Saddle Club usually on the weekends, and that's where I barrel race. And I was like, oh, cool. And he was like, yeah, she's only won about three or four saddles, but we're getting tired of winning saddles now. We want to get start making checks. And I was like, I wow. want to win a saddle. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Like wow. the noble saddle club is giving away saddles. What is wrong with like horse trials? I, you know, I got a first at Galway downs and they were like, here's your ribbon. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> why, why do you think that is by the way we do? Ha- I mean, all of these horse shows, I don't care where you go, you're paying money to enter. So why is it that eventing doesn't, you know, for most 99% of the time, doesn't give prize money yet. You go to a jumper show at, at some levels or a lot of levels, and you win prize money. So where where is the line there? Do you want to take this, Justine, or you want me to take it? You're definitely more of the eventer, so I think you need to take it. Okay. Um, the, it costs a hell of a lot more to have an, a horse trial than it does to have uh, some barrels set up in a freaking arena. Yeah. And yeah. those people, they basically gamble. So, you know, they, she, he was saying that... Um, you enter and say it's $25 your entry. And if you win it, you get like $50 and second place gets 25, but then all the other people lose their money. So it's, it's just they do gambling. Do pools like that where, yeah. and they do big money pools like that too, where they'll win a hundred thousand for a class. The Rangers. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. my, my cousin told me to, to enter a reigning class in Texas costs $5,000. Yeah, but wow, it is a gamble. Big. If you win, you win big. If you don't, you walk away. It's like gambling. It. Well, yeah, it's like going to a casino. I don't, don't know which up. is better. <laughs> you got to have confidence. <laughs> so, Justine, where was the most surprising country? What was the most expensive that you found? Oh, that's a good question. So it's, uh, you know, we had we had a ton of responses. It was great how many people who were, you know, willing to talk to us about this. But it really depended on what you did with horses. I think that was the deciding factor of how much money people put in. So it was, it was interesting to see how scrappy eventers are generally. It was always all the eventers bought an off track thoroughbred for $2,500 and paid a pretty reasonable amount of board and fairly reasonable cost for horse shows. But then it was the show jumpers and the hunter riders who, you know, imported a horse and therefore were spending, you know, $1,200 $1,200 on board uh, in training and that their horse shows were more expensive, but you could, um, 
you could just see uh, just it, it's interesting how that works between disciplines right and we we featured people who answered our questions from new zealand but then all over the us so from pennsylvania to california to seattle to kentucky to texas um it was pretty interesting to to read and watch um and also just the cost of hay, how that changes depending on where you live. I can I mean, tell you, when we lived in Lancaster County, farm country, Pennsylvania, we used to buy really nice hay for $3 a bale, and that ain't happening here in Florida right now. No, <laughs> not at all. I, I think I, I said this. I, I, I've just bought alfalfa bales for I have these x-rays horses and they need some more calories. So I had to buy some alfalfa, but you don't want to buy alfalfa at certain cuttings here in Oklahoma because there's blister beetles. So I bought hundred pound bales of alfalfa and I paid $22 a bale. And wow. it's the same hay that I used to get in Arizona for $12 a bale. And I said, where did this come from? And he was like, Arizona. I mean, the, the actual hay was grown in the neighborhood I lived in in Arizona six months ago. Wow. That's like, amazing. I'm so like. <laughs> in Oklahoma, you kind of think it's like uh, farm country that you'd get hay for a dollar a bale. You know? It's, no, yeah. Uh, it's, um, it's, there's a lot of cow hay here, Glenn. I'm ha- having no trouble finding cattle hay. so justine where can people find get the brief to sign up for the brief you can go to bit.ly slash hd brief we also have a sign up form right on our website at heelsdownmag.com but we're uh we're going to be doing more of these you know reader generated weeks inspired in the brief so uh like i we did the cost one this week but then in a couple weeks uh we're going to feature we asked a bunch of we asked our readers uh to answer a couple questions on why they left their last trainer um and that could be for any reason you know why they left their trainer's bar right jeez you're opening um, that up And then any advice people have for, you know, being in a situation where, you know, it's uh, might be time to move on to a new trainer. So we'll be featuring five answers from that survey in the brief in a couple of weeks. So uh, it's been really interesting how um, how forthcoming people are and how they want to talk about some of these things. So. And I think um, that's going to depend on discipline too. Some of the, you know, you're you're a jumper or a hunter, and you're leaving your trainer. There's drama, but you know, some of the other disciplines not as much drama. Oh, God, I agree. Yes, there is. Oh, come on, <laughs> Glenn. There, I, there's women and horses involved. There is drama. Let me tell you. Now, do people get to put publish things anonymously? Or do they? Because Jamie doesn't want to answer unless. <laughs> no, no, no. Because I feel like if they're anonymous, we're going to get some really good gossip, <laughs> really good uh, drama. We ask if we can use your first name and just, you know, the state or region where you're from to try to keep it fairly um, private for people. I understand that that's, you know, that could be a sensitive conversation to have. Okay. Well, just so you know, my name is Susan. Yeah, there's going to be 5,000 <laughs> Susans <laughs> and they're all from New Mexico. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's the same. All right, Justine, get back to work. Thanks okay, for joining us. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye. You can find uh, Heels Down Mag, or you can go to Heels Down Happy Hour on any of your podcast players. Very popular show, doing very well. So Heels Down Happy Hour is where you can find that. Oh, next up. I'm so excited. No, no, you're not excited. (laughs) Nobody can be excited about what this woman did. Uh, It's ridiculous. Please welcome Biz to the show. Hey, Biz. Hey, guys. How are you? Let me tell you something. 
Can you hear? Here, yeah, I can hear you. Um, if if I am okay. if I'm running, you should run too because something <laughs> is chasing me and we have a problem. However, you like run for fun. Why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We should say, before you start there, Biz, I, we should say Biz is one of our longtime listeners and an auditor, and we saw what she did, so that's why she's on today. So go and ahead, She's Biz. a Horse Nation <laughs> contributor. She's yeah. just, she's kind of everywhere uh, in the media, but I want to also just point out that she just did a, she, well, let's start with the, you run for fun, why? Get back to that. Um, I love to eat, I think, is where it all started. It's <laughs> not the answer I expected. And, and, right? All right, I'm back on and, board. Um, I don't like to run, but I love that answer. I'm back on board. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, that, and, you know, when you're burning that many calories, you're, you're required to eat a whole lot. And so um, it, it seemed like a, a good way to, to be able to do that. And I just kind of got addicted to the sport of running and trail running in particular. So... Trail yeah. running now. Describe what trail. I mean, we all know what trail riding is. Just walking through the woods. Is this just? I don't know. Like your pants are on fire. You just run through the woods. Yeah, basically. Um, and you know, it's a lot more interesting, in my opinion, at least in road running, because all all of the races are different, um, and you don't really have a good idea of how to pace yourself ahead of time because you don't know what the terrain is going to be like in, until you get there. Um, and that dictates, you know, how fast you can go, how much climbing you have to be doing. And that's, I think the really fun challenge. There's a lot of strategy to it and kind of coming up ahead of time, looking at elevation charts and figuring out where you're going to need to do some power hiking and where you're going to be able to go fast and where you're going to need to slow down. I think it, it makes it a much more interesting challenge than just running on a flat road. So absolutely. Now what you just did and congratulations, <laughs> you just completed the Mary's peak 50 kilometer race. Talk to us about that. So this is one of our local races, um, and I live maybe half an hour from Mary's Peak, so I did get to go out and see Where's parts that, of the Biz? course ahead what, of time. What other parts. Um, it, it's in Oregon. Okay. So Mary's Peak is the highest peak in the Coast Range uh, in Oregon, and Duh. so they have a trail race <laughs> series there. There is a yeah, and, so, and I participated Jeez. in in the 50k distance, which you know you start the race by going up to the top of the peak and then back down. And then there's some very steep rolling hills in the back end of the course, which I kind of underestimated, but <laughs> it, it's a really fun course. It's a lot on the first half is on hiking trails and the second half is mostly mountain biking trails, which offer their own challenges. They tend to be really kind of wavy and bumpy and really uneven terrain, which can slow you down quite a bit. Well, wait a oh, minute. Let, really me, let me get this straight. It was so, a very... At the beginning of a 50K run, they're having you run up a mountain, by the way, that's 4,000 feet. So you're running up a mountain, and then you have to run back down the mountain, and yep. then that's just the beginning of it. Yeah, that's the first half of the race. Oh, do you, what, what do you carry it with yourself a... when you run a race like that? Do you carry anything, or are you just like, we're going for it? So they, this race was a supported race. So they, they do have some interspersed aid stations, but in general and, you know, as general practice, tend to carry some sort of hydration pack, which, you know, there are different preferences. I have a hydration pack with a two-liter bladder in it. 
Um, and then electrolytes and some sort of calories you're supposed to take in, you know, around 200 calories per hour while you're doing it so that you don't, you know, run out of energy. Um, and so I usually carry, I have specific foods that I like to eat while I run. Uh, I don't particularly care for eating solid foods. So I have like these fruit and veggie purees that I eat that I carry on me. Um, and then there's aid station food, um, which can can vary. Some people are weird and like to drink pickle juice while they run because I guess it keeps you Ugh. from cramping. Um, I can't quite bring myself to do that, so I tend to stick with the, the regular electrolytes. It keeps um, them from so cramping. Really I would think like, they would be you, throwing up after drinking pickle juice. Oh, oh pickle <laughs> juice the second time around yeah. must be just awful. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and so uh, some some ultra runners have some really weird eating habits, and um, I think I'm pretty pretty normal. In the summertime, I like you know fruity flavored liquids, and in the wintertime, I love potato chips is my go-to, um, and anything basically starchy Flesh. potato based. She'll I love be the, the runner wintertime. with 25 Pringle yep. cans strapped to her back. <laughs> <laughs> By the time she gets yep. there, they're all just like they're little crumbs. crumbs. Yeah. So, question yep. to you: you run, You've got a bag of chips, and you're running through the woods. Do you stop to eat, or do you run and eat like Dorito after Dorito while you're running and trying to breathe and every? What do you do? It. It depends on the race, uh, for sure. So part of the challenge is like, there are a lot of tripping hazards, obviously. Uh, and so on a course like this, that was pretty technical. I would stop and walk to eat and then start running again. I did another race earlier in the year. So it was a, just a 20 miler and the course was pretty flat and pretty, pretty fast. And so I, that, that race, I ate a lot of Reese's pieces. So I spent a lot of time running down the trail, shoving Reese's pieces into my mouth, um, <laughs> leaving a little bit of a trail behind me, but that race I, I ate and ran at the same time. So it really depends on the course and how much you need to pay attention to where your feet are going. Uh, because tripping and falling is, it happens a lot anyway, but that really definitely increases the risk of having, having a spill. If there so. is any excuse to eat Reese's Pieces, I am in. And by the way, thank you for pronouncing it right. I've never heard anybody else say it like I do. So my, my husband constantly is like, it's not Reese's Pieces. I'm like, yes, it is. Read it. Uh, so thank you for, for validating that. Um, But yes, any time to eat those is a good time. I mean, it's like E.T. Did somebody like set them through the, like, that's how I would have to run 100 kilometers. It's like, you put like oh, a yeah. Reese's so and have a trail of them. <laughs> E.T. <laughs> yep, that's how I'm going to do it. Now, speaking of 100, are you going to really run 100 kilometers shortly? I am. I am in uh, in a month, in less than a month. <laughs> how long does it take to yeah. run 50? Yeah. How long did it take you? So for this particular race, and this is considered a slower race because of all the climbing and because all the terrain is pretty technical i finished in a little over 637 um God, and wow. so a faster... that's fast six minutes and 37 seconds she was done that's great <laughs> <laughs> um a faster 50 and i think like the course record for the men is a 445 which is pretty slow um for a, a 50k that's what um, I was thinking. i'm thinking god that's yeah, embarrassing and you know so so much of it 
you know, depends on, on the terrain and the course and everything like that. So the hundred K I'm doing is a lot less technical. It's mostly logging roads. It'll be my first time at this distance. So I wanted to kind of not kill myself in the process and pick a more beginner friendly one. I'm still pretty new to the ultra distances. Uh, and so it's a lot on logging roads. It's rolling hills as opposed to giant climbs. Uh, and it's in Vermont. So I'll be heading to Vermont in a few weeks and, you found a place in Vermont that wasn't giant climbs? Uh, Biz, you found a place in Vermont that wasn't giant climbs? (laughs) (laughs) The whole state's a giant climb. Compared to Oregon, (laughs) I mean, we go up, you know, that first climb at the race uh, on Saturday was eight miles. We were just going uphill for eight miles straight. (laughs) So compared to that, they're they're not big climbs. (laughs) God. So So um, that'll take you 12, 14 uh, hours then to do that race. Yeah, I I think, you know, the the longer the distance, the more you, you slow down over time. And so my goal is a sub-16 right now, sub-16 hour 100K for my first time. Um, and I think that's pretty attainable. Um, I don't like to stand at my I'm desk for... Looking for a hun- Jeez, I don't like to stand at my desk for more than an hour, Biz, <laughs> let alone running for 16. God... Yeah. And then after that, I'm going to start looking for my first hundred miler. So, um, my, my long-term goal is to, to get a Western States qualifier and a lot of the Western States courses actually on the same, same trail as the Tevis cup. And so I don't think we have to go up quite as many of the steep parts as the horses do. Do you have a <laughs> And horse? also the race in Vermont. I do have a horse. I have a, a, an adorable little Mustang. Yeah. Why aren't you using then why it? Why the hell don't you ride him? <laughs> the Mustang. He's fine. He'll do it. It's much easier. I'm much fitter than him. <laughs> I think. He needs you. He's a dressage boy. So, yeah. Jimmy, can yes, you? You're yeah. It, Jemmy, uh, write this down. Please uh, write this down so after the show we remember to call for psychiatric help for Biz. She needs some uh, counseling, I think. Okay, I was already calling for you, so I'll just... Okay, yeah, we'll just put us both in the same session. Next question. Are you single or are you attached? I am attached. I'm married, yep. Mm. What does that crazy person think about all this? Um, He thinks it's a nice thing for me to do, and he'll come and show up at the finish line. (laughs) That's funny. Like, Good job, baby. Way to go. Does he cheer you on? Yep. Is he at the end screaming and hollering when you come across? Yeah. Oh, uh, he's he's a pretty low key, low energy individual. So he'll just you know clap a little bit. Okay, maybe. so this is him at the finish line. Good job, baby. Good job, honey. Do you have any more Reese Peasy? Yeah. yeah. Do you have I, any yeah. leftover? I just had a nice here. steak at the very fancy yeah. restaurant at the bottom of the hill. Uh, welcome home. Let's go. He, he his favorite way to participate is carb loading with me. So he likes to carb load with me, and then he likes to eat big big recovery meals with me, and then not do any of the running in between. He's very supportive that way. Yeah. Our man. He is very supportive, and he he does always show up to all the races and everything. So he is he is quite supportive. Um, and so in Vermont, actually, he'll be crewing for me. So he'll be meeting me at specific aid stations, making sure I have everything I need to keep going. So 
She's like, I ate that'll all the be, That'll be sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did go out. He, he he did go out and buy the Reese's for me the other night, and I I noticed that he bought about five more packs just for himself. So. Never Heart know loading. when you're gonna need them, Biz. Yeah, that's right. I know. Well, congratulations! Oh Very cool. Very cool, Biz. Thank you. All right, we'll let you go. You got to go back to training. So get back okay. to work. <laughs> Lucas just came in here. Right. Lucas, what did you say? What's here? Chickens. Come here. You got to say it in there. Chickens. Oh, you got chickens? Yeah. Did they just come in the mail? <laughs> Thanks, Biz. Take care. All right. Talk to you guys later. Bye, Bye Biz. Crazy. She's crazy. She's wow. Crazy. So yeah, Lucas just uh, went to the post office and picked up our new baby chickens. So look for pictures of those. Oh, um, more than How you many care. Did you get? How many are in there? Twenty-three. We only ordered fifteen. <laughs> we have a math problem. They had babies on the way. <laughs> <laughs> what? Twenty-three? Oh my gosh! My husband's gonna kill me. He was already <laughs> mad about fifteen. <laughs> what? Do you think they don't count? They just throw a whole bunch in. Just ah, that looks like fifteen. <laughs> Here, come here, say that. He way. likes it. He likes it. Are you sure? He doesn't care about if not fifteen. Oh, I think he's nice to you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he'll be that nice to me. Okay, I gotta go. All right, you gotta go see your chickens. All right, tomorrow we have for you the grooming episode. That'll be tomorrow, and then Friday, really bad ads is back. So get your ads into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Jimmy. Jimmy left. She hung she's, up. Yes, yeah, she's gone. She quit. Adios. <laughs> Bye. All right, space neuter gal. Bye, Jimmy. Bye, Glenn. I'm going to go get some Reese's Pieces, Jamie. Reese's Pieces.